Family Mystic, Michaela, Spiritual Family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic. Michaela, talking today about premonitions of death. Um, what does it mean when you have them? How to understand them? Are they a curse? No, they're not. Or are they uh, an extrasensory ability? Yes, they are. So we're going to deep dive into that. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Um, I've never had a premonition of death or anything like that. Really? No, I mean, I barely dream. Yeah. I think I had one premonition, mm-hmm. but that involved Michael Strahan. <laughs> we've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this, and it's just too intimate to talk about. So It's <laughs> like a real thing. Yeah, it was a lot of intimacy between me and Strahan. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's basically it. So I've never had a premonition uh, of death, but we've had a lot, we have a lot of Mystic McKellar spiritual family members that have, and we're going to be talking about that later on. Yeah, we're going to be hearing their fascinating premonition stories. Yes. Um, but last night, last night we had our recovering empath workshop. Yeah. Um, many members of the MMS, MMSF <laughs> were there. It was an incredible night. Uh, of course you're the, the you know, the, the leader. Well, I'm just like it. really passionate about empath awareness. And then like, I was doing this workshop in the house and locally in person and it was always a big hit and everybody became friends after and stuff like that. Um, and you know, COVID and I was like, I don't know. I didn't even think about it. And then one day I'm like, what if I just did it on zoom? And then we did it and it worked out like beautifully. I I mean, even during the breaks, people were talking to each other, giving each other support and advice. Um, people were really opening up, you know, to the, to the best of their comfort. And I've just gotten so many messages and I just, uh, I just like, I really appreciate you guys. I have to say just being, I guess like finding strength in our vulnerability together and encouraging other people to do the same thing. And I don't know, last night just, it's like one of those, you know, we watched that movie Soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's my spark. You know what I mean? Just like, that is my spark. Like just feeling other people, I don't know, feeling their worth. It just makes me warm and fuzzy. Uh, no, it was, it was incredible. And of course, at, at some point in time, again, we will be doing them in person. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, then people could hug each other again. Yeah, that's what we feel, did. Feel a lot of hugging. Yeah, it was always a lot of hugging. <laughs> and then, you know, I would always go out and get like great, a great spread yeah, of you dessert. Yeah, you'd feed people. Yeah, so I'd always have yeah. like chocolate covered strawberries there was more and all those food things. There was a lot of food in yeah. person. A lot of food. Yeah. A lot of leftovers too. And yeah, leftovers. You know, a lot of eating. cheese cubes and oh, such. Yeah. And, yeah, we'd be eating that stuff for days. The kids loved it. They'd come down, you know, after the event and just like start yeah. crawling at it. Uh, you know. Not crawling at it. Though. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? I yeah, don't know that sounded about. feral. And yeah. Like almost like we don't feed them, so they crawl for the leftovers. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of the children. Yeah. <laughs> so last weekend, you you know, you come down, you know, we're just kind of all sitting around. Mm-hmm. It's like Sunday. I think it was Sunday morning or Saturday morning. I can't remember now. It was Sunday. Sunday. And you know, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. We're like all half awake. And you come down and you're like, we, we, let's just do something today. We're just you know? outside. We're it's in Florida. Gorgeous. You know, it's, the weather is incredible. Yeah. Sorry, people in Buffalo. I know. I'm sorry. You know, sorry. Buffalo Bill. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Apologies Ugh, to Buffalo. That hurt. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and you're just like, let's do something. So I'm like, all right. You know, and I, you know, as soon as you, you do that, my mind goes into, you know, what, what can I figure out that's going to be fun for the kids? Mm-hmm. So I found this place in Jupiter, Florida called River Bend park yes um and you know everyone was on board you know for the most part yeah i mean brie was like eh, I what just are we gonna sit do and, eh, yeah i just want to sit here and play ro- well, just, robux or yeah i want to get them off their ipads off their phones like let's go let's go outside so we decided to go to this riverbed park all right we get there it's beautiful out uh and they have canoe rentals and kayak rentals and bicycle rentals Yeah, so easy right there right there everything's right there um and so I asked him, you know, what do you, which one do you guys want to do? And, you know, I asked Bree, do you want to do the biking? I figured that would be the easiest. Nah, I don't want to bike. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do the kayak? Yeah, I don't know. What about the canoe? <laughs> so we went down to where you would launch mm-hmm. the canoe just to take a look. And the kids were like, all right, the canoe. Because we could all go in the same canoe, all four of us. Right. And um, so they were okay with that. Yeah, it looked nice. It looked, looked nice. It looked like very calm and serene too. Yeah. Of course, we had put all our phones in the car because we were trying to, you know, detach from our phones. We wanted to get to the uh, yeah. Galactic Confederation. I brought one uh, phone. Into the Matrix. Yes. Right, that we learned about last week. <laughs> and, of course, we, uh, to sign up for the canoe trip, you needed your phone. Oh, so course. we had to go all the way back to the car, get the phone, log on, you know. Yeah, they we, don't even let you in nature yeah, anymore yeah. not bring your phone. Yeah. We, we know, had to scan yeah. a consent form. Exactly. But Those, I'm glad I brought the phone. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we were even thinking of not even bringing a phone total. But, yeah. Uh, obviously, this outfitter is not going to get to the galactic uh, biosphere. Right, Scott. Because they can't get off their phones. You have to. Okay. Anyway, so we get we get the canoe rental, <laughs> put on our life jackets, and you know we're at the dock. You know we all hop into the boat. And then within seconds, the kids start screaming like banshees, like complete bloody murder. Like everybody else with normal children uh, in their canoes are looking at us like like a little toddler goes by in a life vest like with his own set of oars. It's just like, what's wrong with your kids? <laughs> yeah. like it, My kids are like clutching each other at the bottom of the canoe because they wouldn't sit on the seat. So they sat on the bottom of the canoe, hence why at the end they were soaking wet. Yep. And they're clutching each other, screaming hysterically, why did you make it? Now, you just spent like 70 bucks like running this canoe. Right. So you turn into Red Scotty. Right. Like where you're like, <laughs> I mean, my, don't I make tr- me turn this canoe around. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes like you, the thing with you, Scott, and I just have to digress okay. for just a second is because you become a little bit like, what's that guy? And not uh, Clark Griswold uh, yeah. on trips. Okay. Like uh, Chev- Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase Land, like, National Lampoon. Yeah. Like a Clark Griswold character. You're yeah. like, oh, this is what's going to happen. We're going to connect with nature and we're going to go on this river and everyone's going to be like, you know, see alligators and just everything and love each other. It's going to be great. But, and then, so it's just, it shatters in front of you when the kids are screaming <laughs> and I'm in the front laughing hysterically because it's so bad. It yeah. be- becomes funny. And you're just like, I just just take my money and throw it in the river. That's just what I did. So they're screaming. So I, I, continue. I love when my voice gets to this high pitched, <laughs> and that's the, always the voice you use for me. Oh, and I listened to that Dwayne thing last week. Okay, <laughs> I you know I just went to get this is going to go on a little bit of a tangent. I just went to go get my hair cut, so I had last some time. Week's episode. I had some time to listen to your speech because I hadn't listened to it yet. And I heard about the Dwayne thing, and you know, poor you and the hot sun. <laughs> All right. Well, is that, I, you know, is that yeah. not how it went down? Though? That's exactly how it went down. But still, <laughs> no, you're 100 percent right. Oh, and I actually funny. called him a couple times. He hasn't called me back, so I got to call mm. him again today. I'm okay. right after we tape, I'll call okay. him again. But anyway, all right. That's back. The, all right. Back so the kids go right. back setting. We're in the middle of the river, right. and Scott's uh, children are screaming hysterically, and okay. um, we're just going to keep going. We yeah. forge ahead. Right. And and. The thing is, I'm trying to get the green in my aura. You know, it's, yeah. it's lacking. I want a little green. Yeah. I have no green. Yeah, you want and to connect. And here I am, you know, trying to get the green, and the kids are... They're ruining it for you. you. Know? And, I, and the thing is, when we do this, I'm trying to make everyone, like, happy about it. You yeah. know, because I'm trying to figure out what the problem is. You yeah. know, like, why are you screaming? Solutions. Solutions, right. And, you know, I thought it was because they thought they were going to drown. But first of all, they're both good swimmers, and the water level was... You know, a few feet. Well, they were terrified of alligators. Right. Terrified. Yeah. So, Which is a real thing. Yeah. And I thought, you know, now we're not going to see a gator. There's no way. Just real quick about like local Florida people versus not local Florida people like us. Um, Locals don't seem to be scared of freshwater uh, with the alligators swimming around in them, even though there are alligators in every body of freshwater here. But the locals don't seem to be concerned. But I, I, this is partially my fault because I raised them to be absolutely terrified of bodies of fresh water down here. Yeah. Terrif- and, and they, they are. are. And they are. I feel awful. It's like a phobia now. Well, anyway, so as we're going down the <laughs> river, we saw, you know, turtles, lots oh, of turtles. Yeah, I thought that would kind of calm them down. Yeah. We saw some fish. I think a green person wouldn't have cared so much if their kids were happy. They would have been like, you're fine. Yeah. Stop it. Like you're trying to fix it. Yeah. I mean, a kangaroo popped out at one point. <laughs> We saw a sloth. Um, not quite. No, not those things. Monkeys. No. But we did see cool stuff. We did. And, you but know, the kids kept, didn't right. recognize that. And we kept going down the river. There was like a little waterfall drop, you know, a couple of feet. They freaked out. Then they kind of, you know, we kind of banged into it because the river was moving fast at points. So we kind of banged into a few trees. They were freaking out. And they kept saying, can we go back now? Can we go back now? I'm like, well, just a little further, a little further. And then... All of a sudden. Well, the whole trip, they were crying absolutely hysterical. Like when you say bump in and they freak out, no. They were like, please, can we go home? God, help us. (laughs) Like you, like you're, like they, you've never heard people act like this. You would think we were on the sinking of the Titanic or something. Exactly. We were in like four feet of fresh water. Okay. But yeah, then we round a corner. We round a corner and literally it went silent. (laughs) You could not hear a pin drop. Their eyes. like 
All of us were staring in disbelief there on the shore. He was on the shore. Maybe, I don't know, five, six feet from us. Yeah. Was a massive, uh, 10-foot gator. Oh, my God. It was huge. It was like a man-eater. It was huge. We, I mean, I never heard anyone. Like, it's almost like we all knew. Yeah. The kids were silent. Silent. Yeah. And we, and I just kind of was whispering like, okay, just paddle as slowly as possible. <laughs> Don't make any more mistakes paddling. Oh my God, we can't. we made a few mistakes paddling. We, we like bump into banks a lot right. and I did not want to bump into the bank. He was literally on like right, right there. We would have bumped into his body. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been hard for us to do that. We kept doing it the entire time. No. So we kind of made like a U-turn. We went a little further down river, made a U-turn as quietly as possible <laughs> and then turned around <laughs> Went past the gator again <laughs> oh in total silence. And then after we were away from them, they started screaming again. The kids started sobbing <laughs> so hysterically. <laughs> it's not funny, but like it really, the, I don't know how else to react to it. Like they started, I'm a nervous laughter. It's just a condition I have. They were sobbing so hysterically, like just be, the tears. Like, why? Meanwhile, there are other people on this river. Okay, right. this is like a whole company rents out canoes. Like, yes. we saw people constantly. I mean, we saw something that we probably also shouldn't have oh seen. Oh, my God. I forgot in, about in that. In the middle of this all, we turn yes. another bend, and there wasn't an alligator. Oh my God. There was a couple, and they were in the act of uh, fellatio. I mean, they were. We can say that, right? Or we have to make it explicit on the. I, I no, I we can't. Um, uh, we, no, you can say that. Oh, you can say that. Okay. I think you can. Yeah, without getting the. Let's just say they were um, enjoying something on the water yes. that we all like. We had to go by them like inches away. No, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and and, the, and they were like, and the girl like hit her face. And then the guy was like, sorry, guys. Because, like, yeah. you know, can you imagine? Yeah. There's like a whole family paddling by you and you were doing that. Right. And they had like a friend as a lookout. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, so it was, that was also a little strange. I forgot about that. Yeah. You kind of got a little nervous. Didn't you say something to the guy (laughs) or no? Did you say something to them? Like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) I'm like, you, you have a good time. Yeah. (laughs) At least someone is. Great job. Meanwhile, my kids are crying. (laughs) Somebody's having a great time. Whose canoe would you rather be in? Honestly, like ours was the canoe of tragedy. That's true. (laughs) Or that canoe where, you know. Was not the canoe of tragedy. Right. Okay. All right. But anyway, so. That's our adventure. We get, yeah, we, we finally, we, we docked and then Bree's like, oh my God, land, she land. Said that, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been, you know, mind you, there's land on both sides <laughs> yeah, the entire the whole time. trip. But you figured she'd be lost at sea for like six months and had scurvy. It, everything was, it was honestly the longest, yeah. I think, two hours of my life. Right. So after all that, we get back in the car and of course Bree says, what a waste of a Sunday. So, <laughs> you know, we might as well have just stayed home and. All right. Well, we got a couple ads here to get through. Scotty, outside, we got today, and you know it, your Stitch Fix. My first fix. I am so excited about this. They gave you shoes. I've never gotten shoes. I don't wear shoes. You do wear shoes. (laughs) I'm so, like, I've never gotten a pair of shoes. Like, that's so exciting. Like, I'm jealous. Okay. But you know what? In my fix, like last week when I got mine, I said I wanted something more athletic wear, um, you know, for working out or whatever. And they sent me the coolest pair of leggings and workout shirt and like this really nice. It's like kind of you could and I did it. You can wear it to like a yoga class and then go out for breakfast after. It's like a nice um, outfit even that doesn't look messy like most of my workout yeah, clothes. I, I actually wore it to spin class. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for letting me borrow them. Yeah, no problem. But now you have your own stitch fix. Right. I'm gonna, I can't wait to. All right. You're going to do. A show for us. I'm going to put pictures up um, in the stories. You know it's happening. Oh, God. Because, listen, if your go-to outfit in 2020 has become sweatshirts or yoga pants, you may be feeling like you're in a style rut, which I often feel that way. Let Stitch Fix help you feel excited about what you're wearing. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy, keep what you love, and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns, and exchanges, and 
and a prepaid return envelope is included. There is no subscription required. You can just try Stitch Fix once or you can set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep. And there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has style and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S., and they're available in the U.K. as well. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash KYA, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash KYA. It's my fave. I really enjoy it. It's like Christmas when I get a box. For real. Okay. Ernest, um, talking to you guys uh, last time we did this about Scott needing to like deal with his student loan debt from God knows what he did in grad school to put him in such debt, even at this age of 82, he yeah. still has it. I mean, here's the thing. We, we, we did this for your account and <laughs> yeah. it's been going fine. Yeah. Okay. This is the weirdest thing. My <laughs> account has actually gone up. I don't understand. Okay. There's a actually a moratorium where they cannot charge any interest. Right. There, there's nothing. And my account yet has still gone up. Yes. Okay. I don't is, know how. This is why you need Ernest. Yeah. Because with today's low interest rates, it's a great time to refinance your student loans. Let's get out of this debt cycle. Let's get over it. Sometimes self-care is tackling something that you've been putting off a long time, and this is a great way to do that. Ernest offers low-rate student loan refinancing, and you can check your rate risk-free in just two minutes. With Ernest, you get radically flexible payments, and you can pick your loan term. By refinancing, you can reduce your loan term, save money, or combine multiple loans into a simple monthly payment. And if you have questions, you can even talk to a real-life human being at Ernest for help. Isn't it time you stop feeling overwhelmed by your student debt? You can give yourself that gift. Ernest is offering our listeners a $100 cash bonus. Refinance your student debt at earnest.com slash K-Y-A. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Ernest is giving our listeners a $100 bonus. Refinance your student loans at earnest.com slash K-Y-A. Terms and conditions do apply. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you visit earnest.com slash K-Y-A to refinance your student loan. Not available in all states. Terms and conditions apply. Visit earnest.com slash K-Y-A for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing made by Earnest Operations LLC and MLS number 1204917 California financing law license number 6054788303 second Street Suite 401 N, San Francisco, California, 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses. All right. So, I mean, upcoming now, we're going to, we're here to talk a little bit about premonitions of death. I mean, I have premonitions that I'm going to die with that student loan, but other than that, <laughs> uh, again, I've not had any of the premonitions. All right. So, let's hear what you have to say about the topic. All right. When I'm talking today about death premonitions, a story that I guess just recently happened to me like pops into my head. So um, I had to go to the, the derm, the derm, the dermatology office, and I had to get my. That's a long story. I, I had to get my face lasered because um, Abby gave me a pregnancy mask, and if you don't know what that is, it sucks. Um, but anyways, I was getting it lasered off. Basically which isn't fun. But the lady, the laser technician lady, she um, was super yellow and she's super bubbly and, you know, she's cute and she's jumping around and buzzing around the room and chatting about all sorts of things. So I don't notice that it hurts to get my face lasered. And you could tell she likes, just in her life, you know, she's yellow. She likes to make people look better and and she gets every single spot on you lasered off real good. Um, But she asked me, what I did for a living. And I told her about auras. And then she stopped being bubbly and cute and she got really, really quiet and the vibe changed. And I'm like, you know, I'm normal. I promise. God, please do my face. <laughs> you know, keep going. And then, you know, she could tell she was like going back and forth. Like, do I tell her this or not? And then she told me, so she told me this story. She told me that she can tell when people are going to die. This normal looking little cute yellow aura lady is like, listen, I can tell when people are going to die. And I'm like, okay, well, like, tell me about it. And she says that it's the only time she ever sees colors around anyone. And so she doesn't like to talk about it or think about it. And her husband, like, is a retired Marine and he doesn't like to hear about it. Nobody, 
nobody likes to hear about this and she's terrified of this like she's it turned out she's like terrified that she sees it's kind of like she said like a black kind of hazy thing around people and then they die and she never tells anybody because they'll think she's crazy but she she, and, and she thinks she's crazy and it gives her terrible anxiety and it's happened to her so much she just hates it but she can't turn it off and she doesn't know what this is and then she like, she, I guess because I said I saw colors, she equated it to what I did. So I explained to her the difference and I explained like my own gift and what aura colors are and how different that what she is getting because I knew what was happening to her. So I explained it to her. I said, you know, you have a gift of premonition. So what is that? So some people are sensitive to the premonitions of the future because we all have soul contracts and our souls just know more about what's going to happen next than our ego controlled minds we tend to lead with. So you have a plan in your life or, you know, your soul kind of knows what's coming up ahead, what challenges you're going to be dealing with overall or whatever. And it can kind of talk back to you. So those can sometimes deal with premonitions. Um, and those who are able to pick up on soul vibrations are more likely to get premonitions than others. Uh, like this lady, for example, like I told this woman, she can just sense souls who are preparing for transition, who are preparing for death. And it's not a bad thing. And it's just something that she's sensitive to. That's it. All of our souls do it. All of our souls know when it's time to go way before we actually do. And I just explained to her that she has the ability to sense that from them. It's just the same thing as a dog who can hear a high-pitched whistle that we can't hear. It's her extrasensory ability to get that vibe on people that their soul is preparing for the transition. It's the it's the vibration or the energy that comes out before the death, before the, the transition. And if you ever had a premonition of someone passing... Um, and then they do, that's what happened. Um, it's, it's, sometimes it's easier with family members or people who you're close to because uh, you have a stronger psychic bond with them. But this woman, she was just kind of, it's different. She was sensing everyone's, she has an ability to see that energy or that essence kind of glowing off people before they transition. Basically, other people's souls or their higher selves, which aren't always in direct communication with their own logical mind, can speak to you. So this is when you have a premonition of someone you love passing before they pass. That is their higher self communicating with you. Sometimes when someone we love goes, things that they did before seem to signal that they almost knew, even though they didn't. I had a reading with someone and she was like absolutely guilt-ridden that she didn't answer a text from her father that said, I love you, before he passed that night. He didn't know he was going to pass. He had a sudden cardiac event. But she thought it was very odd that he texted her that so randomly. He wasn't really the emotionally effusive type, and she felt terrible that she ignored it, even knowing it was weird that he wrote it. But something in him knew, knew that he had to get that out. For some reason, he was pushed to write to her. Why? Why? I I hear this all the time. You may see it in your own life, too. People who pass sometimes tend to do organizational things before they go, even when they don't know that they're passing. Little messages or changes to the will or gifting things away. On some level, they know. And some of us have this ability to pick that up, like the laser technician lady. And some people, it will happen irregularly, too. Like, you don't have to be a medium or psychic, you know, by trade to do this. This is something that it's... Another way we communicate as souls that sometimes pops in through all our nonsense, all our ego-driven layers, and talks to us. And sometimes it can happen where somebody that you aren't super close to comes to you in a dream and tells you that they're going to go before you do. So dreams are a thing too, and sometimes it's not always somebody that you're super close to. For example, my friend had a dream that a friend of hers an old friend, but not one she was super close to day by day, but that, that friend of hers mother came to her in a dream. So her friend's mom came to her in a dream. Her mom wasn't dead. She just had a dream about her. And in this dream, the mom said, you know, say goodbye to my daughter for me. And my friend was very alarmed by the dream, but she shrugged it off. And in a few days, guess what? The mom passed unexpectedly. And she told the friend about the dream. And 
she didn't, you know, a lot of times like you don't know what this is about or was it real or like, did I cause it by having this thought? No, it was just the friend's mom coming to her via her higher self on the astral plane before she passed to just say goodbye ahead of time to prepare everyone mentally so that she could get that goodbye out in her higher self, even though her ego self couldn't do it because it didn't know. We make preparations, like we walk between worlds. We can alert more people this way to our passing before we actually pass. And that's a premonition when you have a kind of sense of that. So I'm telling the laser technician lady this, and I feel like, you know, she was perhaps slightly relieved that maybe this made more logical sense what it was. She thought she was dealing like with evil or the devil, or she was connecting to some dark force. And it's not, it's not, I mean... Death is a transition, like any other transition. Um, It's part of life. Life is very temporary. We transition out of it. And some people can just tell. It's the same thing like some people have a sixth sense when you know, you know, they know somebody's going to go into labor because that's a transition. Some people are very like doulas, some doctors, some people are very connected with energy, understand, okay, you know what? There's something going on here. I feel you transitioning. Little things like that. Or they'll tell when you can have a health issue. You know, there's dogs that you can get that can tell you when, for people with seizure, uh, seizure conditions, they, they tell you a day or two before, hey, you're going to have an event. Why? You're giving off an energy. It's just energy. And it's the ability to be extra sensitive to that transition that creates the premonition. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I have to randomly point out here that sometimes death in a dream is more symbolic than literal. And the person who dies is representative of more of a metaphor. So there's a difference here. I'm going to hash this out. So for example, if you have a premonition Um, Your boss dies, it could mean you're prepping for a career change. Or if you have a premonition that mom dies, it could mean some sort of release from a trauma you associated with her. For example, um, I had a client who was wearing a lot of inauthentic red. She was authentically purple and blue. So she was emotional and artistic and creative, but her whole life she was told, you know, that's not going to work. Who you are doesn't work. You're not going to be successful. That's not the way the world works. And so she wore that inauthentic red to cover it up. And she always took jobs of leadership and sales and competition, things that weren't suited to her, but made her feel like she was worthy based on how she was raised. And she had this continuous dream of her dad dying over and over and over again. It's so upsetting. And she needed she needed to understand it. But what happened was she ended up quitting her corporate job that she hated and went back to school for like something completely different. And she like the the dream stopped. And she realized it really wasn't about her father dying. It was about that link to why she was the way she was, the programming. So dreams are very metaphorical and death in a dream doesn't always mean death. How do you know when a death dream is a metaphor or a symbolic dream versus a premonition? Questions. Did it feel real? Like real? Did you wake up sweaty, stressed, thirsty? Did you feel like it actually happened? Is it more of like a guilty feeling or a feeling of worry Because that would be like just a metaphor dream. Or does it feel like a truth, like a quiet, peaceful truth? Actual premonition dreams feel like visitations also. Like you had a conversation with the person who's passing. They told you they were going. Or there was some sort of exchange between the two of you that felt very personal and emotional. Symbolic death dreams are more like you watched it happen. Or it's a scenario where you're watching it play out. There's not like an actual conversation with you and the person. So that's kind of like a difference. So you have to... You know, I don't want y'all getting like stressed out. (laughs) I think it's just knowing yourself always helps you with understanding your soul talk or the way your soul talks to you versus the way your mind or your ego speaks to you. A few days before my grandfather, who was ill, died, I had a dream. He came to my house and picked me up in this car, which was his favorite car, and took me for ice cream. And he dropped me back off and said, bye for now. And it was so real. It was so nice. 
but I knew it was closure. I was 16 and I felt like this was him saying goodbye to me. It was something which stuck for with me forever, by the way, like a real memory. That's another signal of a premonition dream, like a visitation before they go. It feels like a memory to me. It feels like it really happened. Not a dream. It feels like the same as a memory of my life. Um, dreams which are just dreams can fade, but visitations like that, they stay with you forever. And that's another way to know that it's real. Also, your senses will all be involved, like smell and taste, emotional feelings. You'll feel the weather, the wind. You'll remember what you were wearing, the touches, everything, all, all of this. And then, you know, my grandpa died a few days later. And of course it was sad, but it felt like closure to me. It felt like something that was real. You don't always have to have a dream too. Like the woman I mentioned, the laser technician, some people just see things. Others just know. It's like a nagging, persistent feeling. Some people can tell when someone will die just because it's a smell. They smell flowers or the smell of impending death. It's hard to explain to some people. Um, some people can see shadows on faces. They, some people hear voices. Some people just have a feeling of truth. And I've heard so many, so many things. Some years after the 9-11 terrorist attack, stories were coming out for, um, from some of the family members of those who died and about their loved ones who had premonitions before their own deaths. And there's so, I mean, there's so many. And there's so many. <laughs> and one of the most striking ones was of a man named Eman. Uh, and the day of the attack, he had a sudden bout I guess, of like uncharacteristic vertigo just took him down in that morning. And his wife tried to get him to stay home. She's like, stay home, you know, don't go to work. But he fought against it and he went anyhow. For some reason, he just went and that was it. He, he died. The, you know, she writes how it haunted her. But, you know, she also writes about how the year leading up to his death and the attack, he had many times where he would just say like random dark things about how, you know, she would have to do this or that alone if he died suddenly, things about the kids, all of that. He even had feelings of fear about working at the towers, that it was such a target for attacks. And he even had an escape route planned out. And I think, you know, he had that vertigo. You know what I mean? That vertigo. It's hard to live in fear and and listening to our souls versus being ruled by our anxieties or phobias. Like we don't want to do that. I don't like to fly. (laughs) That doesn't mean that every time I go on a plane, it's a premonition. It just means I just don't like it. I feel like there are some real things to ask yourself if you're having a hard time differentiating between a premonition or a bout of ego-controlled anxiety. And one of them is asking yourself is, like, is this like me? Do, do I normally have physical symptoms so bad? I'm like dragging myself to this place I don't want to go, yet I go all the time? Like work. Um, the, the physical body will back up the soul's pull. So another thing to ask yourself, you know, is other than is this common for me? Like, do I normally have an issue like this? This guy never took off. It wasn't in his character. He wasn't a hypochondriac. He was a super dutiful employee. It wasn't like him to have a sudden bout of vertigo. Um, it's so bad that he did consider staying home, but then he didn't. Here's another one from the 9-11 attacks. Barrett Taylor, he was a Wall Street executive And in 1993, he randomly was stepping off the train to go to work downtown to the towers and something told him go home in 1993 and he did. And that was the day of the world trade bombing. And he he said, he he says he doesn't, he did not have that feeling again until eight years later on the morning of 9-11. And again, he listened and he went home. And he writes, of course, about feeling like, why didn't I tell anybody? You know, I mean, I think that's another thing. Like we, we always like to, our egos play so many tricks with us. Like how, it's like how I went home. How am I going to explain that to people that I went home? Like, what am I going to say? I sound crazy, but he listened, you know, he listened. If you look up any sort of major event, there are always multiple unconnected yet eerily similar stories like this. Many people who aren't so concerned with even psychic phenomena talking about how they had a dream or they felt unease or they just knew that even when it happened, it didn't feel like a shock. Why is this? What is the purpose of a premonition if we can't change it? And, and with that, I kind of go back to two things. Listening to yourself is important. And the other thing is, you know, sometimes you just feel it coming. It doesn't always mean you can do anything about it. But sometimes premonitions do change things. So this is a really interesting story. Um, before there was a, you know, on December 26, 2004, there was a 
horrific catastrophe. There was an undersea um, earthquake in the Indian Ocean, and it caused this huge tsunami, which killed hundreds of thousands of people. But the inhabitants of the Surin Islands, and they're called the Andaman or the Mokan. I could be saying all that wrong, but they're, they're fishing people. And they just knew to move. Why? Well, first of all, they're right connected to the environment. And they just saw the behavior of the animals change around them a few weeks before. And then an elder, they're like kind of like a shamanic tribe. They're into dreaming and they listen to these things and they're more connected with that realm. And an elder had a dream that just beware, go to the mountain was the dream. And they all listened. And because they all ran off to higher ground about three days before the tsunami struck, they survived. You know, they didn't shrug it off. They listened to it. They listened to nature. They listened to their intuitions. And they were close enough, you know, to the to each other, you know, and the culture itself did support such action based on these things that, you know, that that it saved them. And maybe our culture wouldn't consider any of that evidence. You know, none of that's evidence, but, but they did and they survived it. I have, I truly believe that like when it's our time to go, it is our time and it's transition. So I think with death premonitions, we wonder like, oh, how can I listen so it doesn't happen? Or, or our egos try to make it our fault. Like, oh, I had this bad feeling about, you know, my friend doing this and I didn't stop them and it's all my fault. We have to watch that kind of stuff. But sometimes... It is important to write down these feelings. Actually, I feel like all the time, keeping journals, writing down your premonitions, making sure you have that connection with yourself because the more you know yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more you're going to understand your ego, you know, your brain chatter versus your soul speaking to you. So all this I do, like on the podcast, all this, it's supposed to really differentiate between what the programming is and what your brain is and what your human self is saying to you versus what your soul says to you and, and learning how to, how to listen to that so we can make all sorts of better choices or help the people around us or just even connect better. I think there's a lot of fear associated with premonitions if you've had one, um, just like my laser technician lady, you can think that it's something you did and it's not. It's some, and your ego likes to pop in and almost shut that down. They don't, your ego, your human self that likes you to stay the same and be very 3D, your human self, that ego, it wants you to think it's nonsense or bad or wrong or evil. And it's really not. It's just like your ability to feel something that's extrasensory. That's it. And it doesn't always mean like you were supposed to fix it or do anything with it. That's the ego's trick to make you feel bad even or break down that connection or be scared. But truly, it's just like anything. It's just another sense that you have, which can be heightened when it's someone you love or care about. So let's talk about some of your stories. Wow, that, that was uh, very intense very deep. Uh, those 9-11 stories are just uh, incredible. Yeah. And in a few moments, we're going to hear some incredible stories from our uh, MMSF members. They, they wrote in. We had hundreds of people write in, and we, we just Amazing. selected a few. How know. many people have this experience? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. And a lot, a lot of this, the experiences I, when I read through it, and we'll go through this in a minute, um, you know, they do have some commonalities. Which is which is interesting. All right. Um, but first, we we have one more ad to do. Yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, I actually I absolutely love function of beauty during quarantine. I haven't really done much to my hair except invest in its I guess growth and health. And using function of beauty for me the past several months, I have noticed my hair is a lot healthier, and the kids too a lot healthier. You know, it's been actually because I put it you can kind of pick your formula and I put in for hair growth like the length and I it's been growing it's and it's growing it doesn't have breakage I'm very happy with it you know function of beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs here's how to get started first you take a quick a quick but a very thorough quiz to tell them a little bit about your hair type straight wavy curly or coily and your hair goals such as lengthen volumize and oil control. And because your hair changes with the season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. Next, choose your color and fragrance. Um, I've done lavender, peach, and eucalyptus. They're all good. 
Um, or go fragrance and dye free. You don't have to have anything. Plus, subscribers get access to more exclusive colors and scents. Then Functions team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it to you, along with fun seasonal stickers and all the instructions you need. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations, and Function of Beauty has over real 50,000 five-star reviews. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. And I'll tell you, you know the difference. You can also go completely silicone-free. And Function of Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skincare as well. So you can customize your beauty routine from hair to toe. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to let them know you heard about it from our show. I so appreciate that. And to get 20% off your order, functionofbeauty.com slash KYA. So let's talk about it, Scott. Yeah. I mean, first I just have to say, yes, we might've been the craziest family on that river, (laughs) but our hair smelled We had the the best best hair. I mean, people, when they were going by on the canoes the other way, they were saying how wonderful our hair smelled. Is that eucalyptus? Is that lavender? lavender, We're like, yes. Um, (laughs) All right. So we took some of the uh, members of our, our Facebook group, their, their mm. um, premonition stories, and mm. we're going to share some with you. We'll just use their first names. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll read them. Some of them I'll have to kind of, you know, just kind of shorten them up a little bit. Uh, but then, yeah, we kind of can discuss these a little bit. All right. So the first one I have is from Melissa. She said she had a, a dream when her grandfather died. He visited, visited me in my room. I woke up and he was standing at the foot of my bed, surrounded by a glowing white light. He addressed me by my nickname and said he's going to a better place and that he loves me and not to worry. I woke up that morning and told my mom about the dream. That day we got a phone call from my dad that he had passed that night. I remember feeling peaceful about his passing because of his visitation. Yeah, a lot of people, like we talked about, um, like I just talked about, just because they're not dead yet doesn't mean their higher selves can't visit you. So that's a very common, so you might be thinking, but... I didn't, and it's an actual thing that happened. You know, it's somebody came and told you this was going to happen for your own mental health and to say goodbye and to prep you, and it's a beautiful gift. So that's nice that that she felt good about it yeah. in a way, peaceful. Yeah, it's very interesting. And there was a lot of those, mm-hmm. those kind of things, mm-hmm. um, which I found to be, uh, you know, very interesting. All right, here, here's another one from Whitney. Um, I knew my dad was going to pass away. He was an avid snowmobiler. And he went on a trip with his friends to Idaho to snowmobile. I had the worst anxiety that he was going to be involved in an avalanche. Wow. That's very specific. Yeah. When he was gone and I called him to talk to him. When when he was gone, I called him to talk. He was fine. He came home from that trip and we had a night where we just stayed up talking about anything and everything until about 1 a.m. When I got in my car to leave, I had this overwhelming sense of peace. I told myself, if anything happens to him, you know, everything is okay. You said all you need to say. A week later, he was killed in an avalanche by a snowmobiling. I just got chills. Me too. I, uh, it was hard oh for me to read God. the end. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. I mean, his higher self. You know, and the other thing is in our soul contracts, and it, I, it's how I interpret it. I'm sure there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. And you always have to, like I say, no matter me or anyone else, no matter what somebody tells you, I think a big thing is, does this resonate with me? So always check with that. But the way I see it, is that our souls have a couple different exit points, kind of like when you're on a highway, you you can take different exits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we know when we're going to take one of the exits. And even if you're well and fine, there's a part of you that can go kind of give that vibe off to other people who are sensitive to it or have a psychic bond with you, like a daughter to a father, that this is going to end soon. It's amazing how the energy works like that because there's there's a contract, there's something that... That is predetermined for some reason. That's heavy. Yeah, I got, it is. I got chills reading that one. That, that was very specific. Yeah, it was really specific. I mean, avalanche. I mean, unbelievable. That's very specific, yeah. All right, next one's from Lisa. Okay. She writes, I work in LTC. I'm not sure. Is that something with nails or something, I think. And sometimes get weird feelings. Sometimes I'm totally off too, though. Okay. One time I was painting a lady's nail, nails. And I thought to myself, oh, her nails are going to look so good when she goes to heaven. And later that week, she died. Wow. 
So like her higher self was communicating her. with the other person's higher self. Yeah. Yeah, because like, well, it's just some of us are sensitive to when other souls are preparing to transition. That's a, that's that's amazing, and yeah. I, it's interesting, like that she got that message. You know, it's it's like another voice talking that's not quite you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that. So that's that's a common theme, I think. All right, Russell writes: When my grandma died in May, I kept getting a feeling she was going to die on May twentieth, hmm. but I kept seeing five twenty every day or random things like that. So seeing that number. Right. Uh, but then she kind of had an upturn a couple of days earlier. So I thought I must be wrong. Okay, so she kind of doubted it now. Mm-hmm. Then she died overnight on 520. And I had a visitation from her in my dream and woke up to a call at five in the morning Whoa. that she had passed while she was sleeping. And I just knew before I even woke up, she was gone. Aww. So she kept she was just that date. communicating with, with Russell. She was just communicating with him over and over again. Just to maybe give him some sort of peace or solace or connection. Yeah, oh. it's interesting, and it's it's weird. Like they, you know, they kind of doubted themselves. That's interesting, right? Too, yeah, that's the ego telling yeah. you you're making it up. That's crazy. That's why I was talking about like you have to kind of ask yourself, is this like me? You know, I'm not like this, so it must there must be something to it because this isn't a normal behavior of mine to think about grandma this way. You know, believe yourself. Yeah. Interesting. What else we got? All right. The, ne- the next one I'm going to give like a, what do you guys use? Like a trigger warning? Like Trigger warning. Yeah. Like right, if so you want to skip. Skip ahead uh, if you You must. can. This okay. one's really intense. Okay. Um, you know. Okay. All right. So Leah writes, my son, mm-hmm. I had visions my entire pregnancy. I saw shadows at night, the shape of a girl, and it gave me the most horrible feeling. Never experienced anything like it. The whole pregnancy was off and seemed strange. I went to my appointment at 26 weeks mm. and had this feeling. I knew it was coming. Oh, he didn't have a heartbeat. That's very upsetting. I had to induce and I gave birth to a baby boy. He had a complete cord knot and he suffocated. As soon as he was born, the feeling went away and all the vision stopped. Mm. I have three children and in every pregnancy, I saw them in my arms before they were born. I knew what their sex would be from my dreams and I never dreamed of him. That gave it away. Oh, Leah. Thank you for sharing that. That made me uh, emotional. Well, you got my blue going I here. know. Like, we're like crying over <laughs> oh here. Oh, my God. We're both crying. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, this is like a whole separate subject just because talking to a lot of moms, like when I do my mediumship readings, who've lost their babies and, and you know, baby loss and pregnancy and whatnot, it, again, this life is so temporary. You know, and I think it makes it beautiful. It also makes us wonder, like, what's why, why? Um, with this and, and with a lot of other moms, sometimes I see that your role as a mother with this other soul was to carry them for this amount of time. For whatever reason it was or whatever contract you two are fulfilling, you were, you know, you just being a mother to that baby for those 26 weeks is what it was about for whatever reason. And, um, and you both, you know, just such selflessness on both ends, like with that mother and child bond there. But that's interesting that her heart knew that this wasn't like the other children she was going to have, that this child was going to be a different relationship, a different, a different story is such a premonition. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get it together. Yeah. All right, let's do just a couple more. Okay. Maybe a little bit lighter. I don't know if it, I mean actually this one's not, none of these are light. This isn't a light I, show. It does, yeah, it's just not a light show. Yeah. This one's this, well. I'll skip to this one then. Um, this one's a little bit interesting because it deals with kind of like let's read it and then we'll see. All right, All so right. Stephanie says, I had watched the movie V for Vendetta oh, when yeah. it first came out, like 2005, 2006 ish, and the quote from the movie, remember. The 5th of November stuck with her afterwards. Okay, so remember the the 5th of November. Mm -hmm. It would randomly creep in my mind for years, and it always made me wonder what it is. Why? Why do I remember this one quote and nothing else from this movie? Why? Just ever so often, I would hear it chanting in my mind. Flash forward 11 years. My son passed away Mm. on November 5th, 2016 at 16 days old. I remember when I got home from the hospital, it came in my mind again. Remember the 5th of November. Yes, remember, remember the 5th of November. I know that. Unbelievable. That's, 
It is bigger. And she said it felt like something bigger than, than me. me yeah. And, um, you know, I think our our guides, our own spirit guides, our own angel guides around us um, can take things from pop culture and can use them as messages yeah. all the time. And even though you're like, well, that was just a movie. It just, why is it stuck in my head? Like whatever. Um, it, because something was going to happen on that date. And I this just kind of like further for me goes back to always the soul contract situation. What just moments that you know were going to happen before they happen have to do with some sort of bigger picture. Um, that's just very, and, and I think like with that, like to what end was that information good for her? You know, like she couldn't do anything about it. So like, what's the point of her having, I, I, that's what I would think, you know, like what's the point of having me having this message if I couldn't fix it? Yeah. But maybe your role isn't to fix it. You know, maybe your role is just to understand that, yes, something bigger than you is holding the strings here of what happens and to let go of that control or any sort of want or need, which I think that she understands. Good. Yeah. What? No, no. Could you answer this question about me for a second? Okay. I know I'm making it about me. But yeah. You are. When I, I went through all of these this morning and I, and I just want to say, I yeah. read every single one. Yes. Okay. We, 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 you know, I, we, I read every single one. So yeah. if you, yours did not get picked, know that it was read. Hmm. When I went through them this morning, I didn't have like, I read through them. Yeah. Just like I was reading the sports page. Right. Just like I was reading a stock chart. Right. Nothing. Like no, like nothing impacted me. Like, you know, I just read it. I, this one's, I'm going to pick this one. I like this one. Yeah. This one, you know, I was kind of looking more to like different types of mm-hmm. stories. Try to cover the spectrum. Right. Now, when I read these during, I can't even keep it together. Like I'm literally have tears yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. I, I, my stomach hurts. I know. And I'm crying. Oh. Why, is, is there any reason for that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that's, that's last my, night, if you can't answer it, then please. No, I can. Like last night at the workshop, we talked about empaths versus, you know, empathy just yeah. or empathic people. Yes. And you're, very, you're a very empathic person, but you don't deal with it all the time. Right. You know, just like um, the difference between like an empathic person and empath is both those times you'd be crying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, so what you did was like when you went through it, and that's reason one. Reason two would be... So when I was going through it, I had like kind of like a... A a wallop. A wallop. Like you felt bad. Like obviously you have feelings. Right. You know, but you weren't as invested in your body as you are right now. Like more like a business mind attitude towards it? Yeah, it's just like empathic, but not um, empath. So you're not wearing the feelings. Now you're feeling these people's feelings the same as them. You're channeling it. Right. You're channeling the emotion. Also, we're sitting here for the purpose of helping other people. Okay. And we're sitting here like really invest. We're just very also grateful and thankful that they're sharing their stories to help other people and like what they went through and stuff. And, and when you do that, you're connecting to source. So right now you're connecting to source and you're channeling a lot of energy as we talk about this and you're connecting to these wonderful people who shared their stories. And so that is spirit working through you. Is there any possibility? Again, I have no idea if this is, are that some of these people that have passed? Are here while we're taping this? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I feel like talking about these people who've passed, and especially I think the children, yeah. you know, and, and that girl's dad, um, maybe they want to say hello to to their loved ones, the mommies that held them or the daughter that knew or, or the grandchildren that understood. Yeah. And maybe like you picked them today for a reason, so they just got a special little hello. Okay. From the other side, because we literally had hundreds of these. Yeah, no, and and you just kind of like very business minded picked whatever you picked, <laughs> and true. at this point we're extremely and we wish we could read all of them. Yeah, but that's what's happening. You know, you're feeling their connection to their loved ones. You're um, you're kind of that is what mediumship is, and we all can do it. It's like when you are the medium that spirit no, is no, using I, to communicate. It's like you're the doorway they're walking through to kind of talk to somebody else. No, I know. And that has happened to me. I've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. That does happen to me now where, you know, like someone wants to get a message through to you and they'll use me <laughs> yeah. to, to do that. You know, we, we've talked about that. Yeah. Even someone in the spotlight mm. that had passed yes. a while back. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that, that must be what it is because, like, you know, I feel like kind of strange now and my stomach hurts and yeah, it's weird. So I, I want to end the show, which is a... a you know, another, again, none of these are light, but this one's a little bit lighter okay. because it deals with someone that they 
don't know. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people did write that, you know, they'll know when a celebrity will pass. Okay. You know, they, you know, they, they knew maybe when Kobe Bryant had passed mm-hmm. or so, someone else. Um, so this is, I guess, also a thing. So, but again, they don't know these people personally. So I, I don't yeah, see like, it as. Actually, that's funny because my friend Kelly, um, who's like my client, term yeah. friend, like she wrote me like, how did, well, I knew George Michael was going to die. I was thinking of him all day and then he died the same day like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. And so <laughs> that way, I think to end on this last one is right. just a little bit lighter because you don't actually know no, the person. Then perhaps, yeah. Right. yeah. So Beth writes, the day that Mary, Mary Tyler Moore died, she's a actress, right? Yeah, I, I from a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a dream that she came to visit me. <laughs> okay. I was in the hospital and she stopped by my room. She talked like we were old friends. I told her how much I enjoyed her show, that, that the show Rhonda was my favorite. I don't know. I've never seen that one. I love the honeymooners, but I <laughs> Luckily, she wasn't offended by that. We talked a little while longer, and she said she had to go. She just stopped by to say goodbye. That afternoon, in real life, it was on the news that she had died that morning. I was born in the 80s, so 10 years or more too late to see her show on prime time, but I watched it on Nick at Night when I was a kid. I always felt a special connection to the 70s, possibly a past life connection, but nothing specific to Mary Tyler Moore. And Rhoda. Rhoda? Rhoda? Rhoda or Rhoda. Sorry. I enjoyed them and their show, but when I had the dream, I hadn't seen either show in probably 20 years or more. I really appreciate her stopping by to say goodbye. And of course, she hashtag Jumanji at the end. So that's going to get you a (laughs) other thing. So yeah, a lot of people have- That's interesting. I think like kind of bigger stars, they inhabit more of like the collective consciousness. Yeah. You know, these kind of bigger stars, especially like growing up around certain people that made you feel something, like your connection was like, hey, I can, you know, hey, Mary Tyler Moore, I can do that too. Like she did that, like woman in a man's world and all that kind of stuff. And I I can do that too. And like you, like they kind of push the collective consciousness out wider and we all connect to not just them personally, but maybe like what they did for us. Us yeah. or the ripple effects so in those cases um just you know sometimes when these these big stars who pass who are so influ- influential to us i guess as a society more people are going to feel those ripple effects just like we felt the ripple effects of what they did in life we feel the ripple effects of when they're going to pass mm. um and just like like with kobe bryant like everybody was very upset even whether you followed basketball or not it was very upsetting um and it's because you know, he did a lot of work uh, in in society, in the collective consciousness to push us further and higher um, as, a, as humanity. So little things like that, like we all feel it. Yeah. That's cool. And, and that's, I, I also found it interesting that she said she had a special connect, connection to the 70s, possibly a past life connection. Yeah. Because I always like 50s stuff. You do. I love 50s stuff. And I don't I don't really know why. <laughs> uh, but like, like I, I mentioned when I was reading it, The Honeymooners, like they have it on Prime now. That's yeah, like, that's my favorite show. Yeah, like, and I know it's like <laughs> it is, and it's such a simple show, and it's like so. Like, it's so politically incorrect. It's so politically incorrect. <laughs> it's so politically incorrect. And it's, it was they taped them in the fifties, early fifties. Um, but I don't know why. I just really like that show. Yeah, uh, like it's a wonderful life. You it's, love all that. I mean, that's I think thirties, but still yeah. love Jimmy Stewart. Um, I always like, I always like eating at a diner, yeah. but I like the diner to be like a fifties type diner. You love old fifties movies. So I, I mean, I have no 50s. idea why. Well, you're just kind of, that's just like when we talk about past life connections, yeah. like you can yeah. be connected to a decade yeah. more than others, or you can be like really hate a decade for no reason. Like one that you weren't in, yeah. like you're like, oh, I hate that decade. Cause maybe something happened to you in a past life in that decade. So it kind of works both ways, but yeah, that's yeah. just like me. Like I'm like trying, you know, I'm like really connected to certain cultures yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah. It was weird because uh, Prime actually contacted me, Amazon Prime, and they said, you know, you're the only one watching this. So since you do that, we're going to give you some like special – they gave me some prizes and things like that. They That's said, They sent me things to my house, yeah. They sent me like an Ed Norton t-shirt. Nice. Uh, Ralph Cramden t-shirt. Okay. Those are the characters in the show. Okay. Um, so, That's yeah. great, Scott. But, yeah. I mean it's, it, was nice, it was nice to be the only uh, person watching to know that. As we close up, I just, I hope this episode, I guess, you know, what is my point here? I like to make the paranormal normal. And I like to tell you how maybe different perceptions of the feelings or the, I guess, the intuition and things that we have, they're not bad. It's just something to explore. And, you know, because we've all lost people that we love, 
just the association with, you know, it's one thing knowing like when your friend needs you to call her and it's another thing knowing when someone you love is going to pass, but it's truly the same thing. It's an extra sensory ability. And that extra sensory ability is so special. It's so special for you to understand it and embrace it. It's so special for you to understand that it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful gift that you were given when you were born and tapping back into that is so, it's so important for you to know that it comes from the highest good. And I just want to end with, I guess, calling you all into the white light of my love and protection and of source. And I send you all my love and all my good feelings today. And I thank you so much for listening. You know, this podcast is for you and about you. And I love that we can talk about the difficult things as well as the fun and the lighthearted things. I appreciate you all. Take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, we'll hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing whilst you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. Then cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.